With your connection to local agriculture, I'm Joanna Guza. Grace Atherton is the communication director for the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association. And we were at the United States Championship Cheese Contest, which was held in Green Bay. And I asked her to kind of walk through what was all going on at the contest because it wasn't just all cheese. That's right. So cheese is in the name of the contest. It's the U.S. Championship Cheese Contest, and it switches every other year with the World Championship Cheese Contest. However, uh, we accept entries for these contests of cheese, butter, yogurt, and dry dairy ingredients as well. So this year we have 2,249 entries across 113 different categories of all those products. Uh, and they have been evaluated pretty closely by our team of judges. We've got 42 judges that have been working their tails off this week to really uh, evaluate those products thoroughly against technical standards on their technical merits. And then at the end of that, they'll decide which ones make it into the top 20. And then, of course, the final, the U.S. champion cheese. And why does this matter to cheese makers and cheese plants? Well, it gives them uh, a lot of pride to participate in something like this. They already have a lot of pride for their craft. Uh, They're really pouring a lot of love and passion into every one of these products that they make. And when they send their entries to the contest, they're sending their best. This is really a lot of experience and a lot of hard work uh, takes place in that room in these cheeses. So there's a lot of pride there and it's quite an honor for them to place well in their class or to win the competition. It also becomes a marketing tool for them. It becomes a branding tool. They call it bragging rights, (laughs) which it certainly is a little bit of bragging rights, but they also get use of the U.S. Championship Cheese Contest logo that they can put on their packaging. And that kind of gives consumers when they're in the store looking at the cheese shelf thinking what do I want to buy today or the butter shelf Mm -hmm. they see that seal and they know that that means this is a winner Mm -hmm. this is high quality I can trust this product Mm -hmm. one thing that I think is pretty unique is your judges that you just mentioned the 46 people that are here judging they're not just someone you asked to apply to come judge can you tell us a little bit about the background of the judges here sure so these folks are folks in the dairy industry from all over the country they uh, this year hail from 12 different states we've got some folks from california idaho oregon they come from all over and they are cheese graters dairy researchers uh, professors scientists They come from all different careers in the dairy industry, but the thing they have in common is that they have lots of experience grading cheeses and grading different kinds of dairy products. So some of them do that full-time as their job. They do that for their company. Others are researchers, and so they've got that sort of technical hands-on experience. They all have that grading experience in common, and that's what's really important. We also look for a variety of specialties and different experiences because some judges are great experts in cheddar and then others are the pros on whey permeate and different kinds of whey powders and then others might be uh, the yogurt expert or the butter expert. So we try to look for enough of a variety of experience among our judging pool that we can know that we've got really experienced, really talented, skilled folks looking at these products and evaluating them, not just on whether they like the product or not. Uh, In fact, that doesn't factor in at all, but on these technical attributes that they've Mm -hmm. got in front of them. Can you speak to just a high level overview of what is grading just for the average public to understand? 
I am not an expert on cheese grating, but it's my understanding is that it's, it's someone who is responsible for evaluating things like the body, the flavor, the texture, the color of a cheese to make sure that it's up to the proper standards. The one thing I do know about grating for sure is that uh, you have to have a license in Wisconsin to be a cheese grater. So it is a state licensed profession and you you have to have your skills really up to snuff to be able to call yourself a licensed cheese grater at all. Let's walk through the process of taste testing. Let's start with cheese. How do you guys know what cheese to be starting with? So the classes are uh, are organized over the two days of the preliminary rounds of judging and uh, a team of people who are, are smarter than I am <laughs> at that um, <laughs> help out with uh, with making sure that that all those classes are in a good order. They're paired with the right judges. We've got the right people on the right cheeses and things like that. Uh, and throughout those two days, those judges are just going through sample after sample after sample. We've got a great team of volunteers that help prepare all the entries leading up to the contest and during the competition. Uh, so they're helping to support those judges throughout the evaluation process. And uh, what they do is they've got a sample in front of them. They start by looking at it. They're just evaluating, in some cases, depending on the class, the packaging, whether it's properly sealed, things like that. Uh, they're not looking for marketing or promotion, uh, anything like that. They're solely looking at the technical aspects of the packaging that the product comes in. And they're checking for any uh, visual defects that might appear in that cheese, like if there are cracks that aren't supposed to be there or moisture on the surface that's not supposed to be there, things like that. And once they dive into the product, whether that's cutting a piece off with a knife or using a cheese trier, it depends on the type of cheese and the size. Mm -hmm. uh, then they look at its body. They see if it's uh, what we call weak, where it sort of squishes easily between your fingers or uh, if it is short, which is where it breaks easily, there's not a lot of elasticity there. So a great example of that is an aged cheddar. Mm -hmm. It's pretty typical of an aged cheddar that it's pretty short. So when you bend a stick of it in your hands, it breaks easily. You can't really bend it that easily. Mm -hmm. So they're looking at things like that, looking at the texture visibly to see if uh, if the product is you know smooth and consistent throughout, if it's supposed to be that way, or if it needs to be a little bit more curdy, uh, they're checking for that sort of thing. And then they, they use their nose and they smell, of course, and they're looking for what kinds of aromas they're picking up from that sample. And again, whether that's typical, how that compares to what's typical of that particular class. Um, and then when they taste, they're looking for all the different sorts of flavors that you might expect, like salt, acid, bitter, things like that. But then they're also looking at, uh, you know, how, how does it feel in the mouth mm. and how does it, if it's something that sort of melts on your tongue or does it, is it a little bit tougher, a little bit thicker, all those different kind of things come into play as they're tasting. And then some judges, uh, will go ahead and just swallow the sample and they're just eating a lot of cheese that day. Uh, and then others prefer to spit out the sample like you would at a wine tasting. Mm -hmm. um, after each sample, they are cleansing their palate as well, just like at a wine tasting too. They'll use crackers, some like apples, apple slices uh, in between samples. Some use plain carbonated soda. 
the, just to get the, the bubbles in their mouth and kind of get that sample washed out of there. Uh, and I've even heard of judges using a milder piece of cheese to cleanse their palate after a piece of cheese. So it's quite a complicated, involved process. <laughs> it is. And I know one time I was at State Fair and I was helping, I was vo- volunteering it, with it. And I learned too, they usually like to start with a certain type of cheese and end with a different type. I don't know if you, if they're doing that here as well, whether it's like a more mild one to maybe a more aged one. I don't remember exactly. Do they do that here as well? You know, I don't know how much of that we do here because the judges, um, I, I don't think the judges can choose which sample comes out when. It's, I think it's in order, in a certain order. And because they're blind judging... Um, and they don't know who made a certain block of cheddar or whatever it might be, they can't necessarily say, I want to start with that, you know, I know that one is sharper, so I want to do that last or anything like that. And typically for bigger classes like the mild cheddar, the medium cheddar, sharp cheddar, uh, or aged cheddar, a judge often will be doing just that variety all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this year we had 56 mild cheddars that were being judged in one day. So in that case, they're only doing those all day. They're yes. fully occupied with that, and there's no real switching between the mild or the medium or the aged. Mm-hmm. It's just you've got enough work for one day. Right. <laughs> so can you walk through how they sample the yogurt samples? Sure. So it's pretty similar to what you would think. Uh, And this also happens with like a cottage cheese too. It's a similar process, right? Because of the consistency, you obviously can't put a trier in there or take a knife and cut a piece of it off. So they just use spoons like you would at home. Uh, Of course, they're evaluating it a little more thoroughly than you probably would at home when you're eating your cottage cheese or your yogurt. But they're just taking a, a spoon and you know, as best they can, they try to ignore the label on the product. It's sort of hard to ship that product in anything but uh, what it what it comes in. Sometimes manufacturers are able to send us unlabeled samples uh, for judging, but often it comes in the package that you would normally see, and so they just do their best to kind of ignore that label, evaluate it solely on its technical merits, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, they just taste it with a spoon like you would at home. And what about, I know another item you said was dry whey. Mm-hmm. How do they sample the dry whey? Yeah, that's an interesting one. <laughs> that's an interesting one to watch. Um, they are evaluating the dry whey both in the powder form and the liquid form. So... We work with the Center for Dairy Research to prepare all those dry whey samples uh, in, to the preparation, in the form they need to be to be judged. Mm-hmm. So then the judges, when we get to that moment, are looking for uh, not only what the, how the product performs in a liquid form, um, but they're also looking at the granules, um, how, how grainy the dry product is, how fine or coarse those are. Uh, so they're really looking at it uh, in both forms. Uh, I don't think they taste it dry. I think they only taste it uh, in the liquid form, but but they do look at kind of both sides of it. And how do they sample the butter? The butter, I just had a butter sample today. It was, I've never had plain unsalted butter before, but... Butter is pretty similar to the cheese judging because it often comes in, it's a pretty similar form 
The only difference with butter is that usually you've got the sticks in the carton rather than a huge block. You can have a huge block sometimes, but it's not quite like the cheddar classes, for example, where you could have 40 pound blocks all day long. Butter, you're going to have the smaller sticks often, and they just take it out of the package. They're looking again at the wrapping to make sure it's nice and tight, that there's no air bubbles that shouldn't be there, uh, no moisture uh, under the surface of the packaging that shouldn't be there, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then once they open the wrapping, they're also looking for uh, nice sharp corners on the butter stick. That's something that might not be quite as crucial for some cheeses, especially obviously the round cheeses. They're not looking for that kind of thing. But when it comes to butter, that's one thing that they're looking for. And then they just take a knife and slice off a piece and taste it all by itself. Interesting. Yeah. Do you know the reasoning why they're looking for those corners? Why does butter have to have that feature? I don't know for sure what it is. My guess would be, so the basis of all these uh, technical attributes and one of the reasons cheesemakers and dairy processors find it valuable to enter is because this all this technical feedback they get relates back to their manufacturing process so they can take this technical feedback from judges and tweak things in their manufacturing to try and make it better to try and improve the product either for competitions or for consumers or whatever they want to do um but that feedback directly relates to how they're manufacturing the product so I think it's with the butter, it's probably something about the manufacturing process that, you know, if it's not quite perfect, you're not going to get those perfect corners. Mm -hmm. Um, That would be my guess. One thing I know with talking with the cheesemakers in particular, they were kind of talking about how their customer has been demanding unique, funky products. Now with, I mean, how this, this cheese competition has been around for a while, how are you guys evolving to make sure you're incorporating some of those funky products or even unique packaging that now cheesemakers have to do? That's true. There's a lot of innovation happening. Every year we see new things. Um, we have a fantastic team of contest leadership. Uh, they're, we affectionately call them our red hats. They're our chief judge and a team of assistant chief judges and a director of logistics. Uh, and we also have a committee of industry folks who help plan and execute these contests every year. And they do a fabulous job responding to those industry trends. So each year, they're looking at the last year's list of classes to see what's still relevant, what maybe we need to combine with another class, what we could break out of a certain class and make it its own. Mm -hmm. Uh, So a great example is last year at the World Championship Cheese Contest, cheese curds were their own class for the first time. They had previously been able to be entered, but they had to be under a different category. And we saw um, a good amount of cheese curd entries in uh, the contest before that. Mm. And so the following contest, our leadership team took a look at it and said, I think we really need to add separate classes for cheese curds. And we did, and they did fantastic. They were very popular. People loved them. It was a great, uh, you know, especially hosting the contest in Wisconsin, it was a huge huge fun story to tell that you know now we've got cheese curds officially in the contest has there been any changes to this year of how uh different classes you added this year we did have two new ones we had a class for grated cheeses which are like finely grated um similar to what you might find in the grocery store to shake over your pasta uh 
that sort of thing. And then we also have a crumbled class this year for cheese crumbles, things like feta, goat cheese, things like that that come in crumbled form. Um, so those are the two that we added this year. And I know we're also always seeing, over time, our judges are seeing sort of a comeback of sheep's milk cheeses as well. I just talked to a chief judge or an assistant chief judge today who's heavy into the sheep industry. And she was telling me that over the years, they've definitely seen an uptick in different kinds of sheep's milk cheeses, flavored, unflavored, all kinds of different forms. Hmm. I'm curious too. I know there's a few farms in this area that do A2 milk. Has that been a consideration of a category? That's a good question. I don't know. Um, I... I'm not sure if they've talked about making that its own class or not. Okay. And what about, just last question for you, Grace, the future of this competition and and things that excite you about the cheese and even just dairy processing, what are some trends that you guys are keeping an eye on, you know, either this year or into the future? Well, one big thing that we uh, are really excited about is how many new judges, new volunteers, and members of kind of the younger generation, the new generation of the industry are getting more involved and more interested. We have a lot of families who volunteer all together at the contest because in this industry, there are so many family connections. There are so many multi-generational businesses out there that are finding ways to keep their businesses moving forward forward, keep them strong to hand down to the next generation. And it's going really well for a lot of them. Mm -hmm. So we see a lot of those folks also signing up to volunteer at the contest year after year. They've become really integral parts of our team. And uh, it's just so much fun to watch those, those younger generations start to kind of take charge of not just their business roles, but to come here at the contest and, and take charge of, of volunteering roles and, and start to see some of those new judges as well come into the fold and, and learn more about what it is we do here and how they can kind of take up the mantle for future generations. That was Grace Atherton. She's the communication director for the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association. If you liked listening to this interview, please subscribe and rate Wisco Egg News. And that's your connection to local agriculture. Thanks for listening. I'm Joanna Guza.